now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And Southern California, welcome to another edition of Rod Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we want to welcome you to the show tonight. We got a jam-packed show, a lot of things happening on this spring day. Starting off at 5.05, we're going to have the Sea Samurai himself, Kevin Nakata, is going to be with us. We're going to talk about the tremendous yellowtail fishing off our local coast. But what Kevin specializes in is doing it on a kayak, and he has been slaying them. So Kevin's going to be with us right at uh, a little after 5.05 here. And then at 6.05, we've got two special guests with us, I think even three. We're going to have Paul Leibowitz. George Martinez and Tommy Gomes are going to be live with me here at the Anglers Arsenal Studios. We are going to be talking about a story of love, tragedy, and the ultimate gift of love. So that'll be at 5.05. But before we get everything going, let me introduce to you the host of Rod and Real Radio, the co-host, I should say. He is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a great fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight, sir? So far, so good. Recovered from a long day yesterday on the water in the tournament and uh, ready to rock and roll here. <laughs> okay. Hey, we've got a lot of guests to introduce. Hey, let me introduce to our listening audience to the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and a rep for many other fine products in the fishing industry. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, and the fish are biting. All right. That is good. We're going to be talking about that, but ladies and gentlemen, I also have with me two special guests right now in the Angler's Arsenal studio. First of all, he is the editor-at-large of Fish Kayak Magazine, and he is an Outdoor Writer of the Year recipient, Mr. Paul Leibowitz. Paul, how you doing, sir? It's very nice to be here. And thanks for being with us, Paul. Always good having you. I, we've got a special story tonight, and it includes my other guest here, a fellow that is director of the Freedom House in Campo, plus a number of other organizations that help people that have abuse problems, Mr. George Martinez. George, how you doing? How you doing, John? Thanks for having me here. Let me correct you. I was a 
uh, manager at the San Diego Freedom Ranch in Campo. Okay. Now I work for the Public Defender's Office as a substance abuse assessor. All right, and we'll get into that. Also coming on with us uh, later on in the show is going to be the fishmonger himself, Tommy Gomes, and uh, we're going to have a great story to tell you coming up at 6.05, but stay tuned. But I've asked Paul and George to be with us and be part of the show right now. So, guys, without hesitation, let me go to our first guest. Hey, this individual is known to a lot of people as the Sea Samurai. His name is Kevin Nakata, and he is probably one of the best kayak fishermen and kayakers out here on the West Coast. Kevin, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, John. Hey, everyone else out there. It is great having you. You've got uh, Paul Leibowitz. I know you know Paul over here. I don't think you know George and Wendy and Stan. I think uh, somewhere along the line you've met him too, Kevin. Absolutely. It's uh, going to be truly a heartwarming story to hear from Paul. And, um, you know, if anyone hasn't heard the story already, it really truly is a blessing in disguise. And um, we all know that James, your son, Paul, is a hero, uh, first and foremost. Well, well, thank you very much. Yeah, right. Kevin. Hey, but you know what? There's other things happening out here, and one is this dynamic bite that we have off of our coast. We know the sport fishers are going out and getting them. We know the private boaters are going out there and getting them. But I've been following you on Facebook, and you have been really taking them to task, Kevin. Tell us a little bit about what's happening on the kayak out there. Uh, it's amazing. This this winter, if you want to call it, or the endless summer as most have known it to be, come, uh, it really is truly an amazing yellowtail year. Uh, the other morning, I think it was Monday, just after Fred Hall, we landed six before 10 with 12 or so hooked up before that, and uh, it was just incredible. You know, Kevin, I think about you fishing off the San Diego coast here, like La Jolla and Point Loma, but... You were saying, was it the Fred Hall Del Mar or the Fred Hall Long Beach were you at? This was in Del Mar. Okay. So and that was the first. Where were you catching those fish, sir? That was in La Jolla. Oh, wow. Yep. Hey, well, was, tell, tell us a little bit about the equipment that you use, where you launch from. I know you run a guide service. We want to find out about that. And some of the techniques that you've been using – that those individuals that might be launching from the shore and, and fishing our local waters might want to employ to take advantage of this great yellowtail bite. Absolutely. Now's the time to get out there if they haven't already been. Uh, right now, the fish are going through the transition from winter to spring, summer kind of fishing, where the fish, or the fish come up to the surface. And uh, we've been targeting with fly line, live bait, boat trolling them, and also keeping the surface line ready. There's been a lot of fish coming up, blowing up on bait, you know, acres of fish sometimes. So having something ready to go is always going to be uh, it's going to be a huge game changer. Wow. And uh, the equipment that you've been using, are we, uh, are we talking about, are you making your own live bait, are you using artificials? Uh, how have you been catching these fish, Kevin? Uh, we're slow trolling uh, fly line max right now, greenback mackerel. And um, they've just been chewing them really well. Uh, we're, of course, making our own bait because we don't want to travel from Mission Bay all the way up to La Jolla, you know. So, um, But we've been uh, catching our bait pretty quickly, pretty easily. Tons of bait out there, lots of life. Um, there's just no way that you couldn't hook a fish right now if you're towing a, 
a, a mackerel behind you. Well, historically, I know the guys catching uh, their own bait have been uh, doing it around the Scripps Pier. They've been using sabiki rigs. Has it been necessary mm-hmm. to do that, or is there enough bait in the water that uh, you don't necessarily have to travel that far to get your bait? No, it's been right along the kelp line. Um, very, very easy to catch a lot of bait using sabikis, as you had mentioned. And we're not sipping our sabikis. They're just everywhere eating the plain sabiki um, very, very readily. Man. Now, uh, tell me this. Uh, when you say you're slow trolling it, uh, give me an idea of the outfit that you're using, uh, rod reel, uh, pound test, and how far behind your kayak do you troll this bait, and how do you rig the bait? Is it any way special? Yeah, we're actually going a, a kelp cutter rig. Um, so we're using, uh, right now I'm using Saltigas, the old Star Drags, uh, filled up with straight 65-pound test Power Pro with a little small 40-pound uh, leader, about five feet, and a two-watt gamakatsu hook, um, rigged right through the nostrils, in one side, out the other. And then uh, we're fishing these awesome new uh, seeker rods called the Beacon, and it's really something else. If people haven't heard about it before, um, they're going to be launched in about a week, maybe less, and uh, they're going to be out and ready to be purchased. So if people haven't heard about them before, take a look at your nearest uh, local tackle shop. I don't know if you carry seekers, John. Yeah, I do, but, uh, but that model isn't out yet, uh, as you said. Hey, uh, What's that? I, I said that model isn't out yet, as you said. Hey, Kevin, Paul Leibowitz has a question yeah. for you or a comment. Well, I, sure. Kevin's done some writing for me in the past, and I know he's very detail-oriented when it comes to the rod. So I wanted to know a little bit more about um, you know, what he's doing there, what's different about these uh, new seekers that makes them more suited to the kayak. And that's um, something a lot of people have asked. Uh, especially when there's other rods out there that have been in the past, like the um, Kencors and the Lama Glasses and even the Okuma Bedarkas. Uh, these rods, I really can say that they have more utility because the components play a, a huge role in how they uh, are kayak rods. And so I'll just give you a brief breakdown um, there's a, a slick butt on the bottom, which makes it easier to get out of the rod holder when it's under load. That's really important. That, oh, yeah. And you know how it is when it's on a, you're on a squid bed and the rod's going bent over with a you know, 40-pound yellowtail on the end of it. And sometimes it's hard to get out if that EVA is just gripped on the, the side or the hypalong. Yeah, there have been some frantic moments in my past. <laughs> now, uh, on the Saltiga rod, uh, Kevin, do you have this, you know, on a light clicker, or do you have it on a light drag as uh, you're uh, you're trolling this bait? We're actually not using clickers or uh, putting in the rod holders at all. We're uh, using our hands to to basically hold on to the rod. And uh, we keep the thumb on the spool while we're moving along at about 2.2, 2.7 miles an hour. And uh, the cool thing about what we're using, which is the Hobie Mirage Drive, is that your hands are free. So you're pedaling with your feet, but you can use your hands to basically fish, cast, or reel in. 
Now, you say that you're using a gamakatsu hook on there. Are you using that uh, circle nautilus hook so that the fish can run with it and you can have the, f- the fish hook itself, or are you using a more traditional J type of hook on that? We're using the live bait with rings, um, so definitely traditional. We don't uh, use circle hooks out there unless uh, it would be for, like, bridling or something. It's, uh, you know, personal preference for a lot of things, but especially for live bait fishing. Now, Kevin, I've seen some pictures of you with some really good yellowtail, but also you've had some pictures of other fish. I saw one picture of you with a a giant sheep's head, and uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's not something that you're slow trolling. Uh, uh, do you have other methods that you're uh, employing to get these fish? You know... It's tough to talk about that one, John. <laughs> um, it's 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 a little different than yellowtail fishing, of course. Um, it's all vertical, straight up and down, and we're using bait. I won't I won't talk about exactly what we're using. If people want to come and find out what uh, what we're using for sheephead, they can come out and fish with me. But yeah. um, if you want to catch a big sheep's head you got to fish with this guy he's he's it's like his plan B. i gotta fish with this guy if i want to catch a big yellowtail I yeah. feel. <laughs> hey go on kevin uh but yeah you know it's all vertical it's it's basically rock fishing but um the fish that you're catching are much stronger than you know a red or something like that so it's all about getting the fish out of the rocks wow uh you know uh it just seems like, uh, you know, this is to a lot of people such a strange thing because we, you know, they think of uh, the kayak fishing more recreational or fishing in San Diego Bay for the spotties or sandies. You know, and Jim Sammons is, is probably one of the guys that really started us fishing off uh, uh, the coast and fishing off the kelp lines. But you've also taken on to this. And, and now what you can do is you can teach people how to do this, too, through your guide service. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, there's definitely people that have been doing it out there a lot longer than me, and um, I always have respect for those guys, and, uh, you know, this, the kayak fishing community is so small that everyone has respect for each other, but uh, I've been doing this for four years, I've been kayak fishing for almost nine, and uh, it's been amazing, and fishing definitely helps, you know, boost the business quite a bit. Uh, if anyone wants to come and try kayak fishing, they can call me. Uh, my number's on csamurai.com, or they can email csamurai at yahoo.com. All right, Abe. What do you think about this bite? I mean, we're into early spring, Kevin. Do you think it's going to be getting better, and do you think you're going to start seeing some of the more exotic species come in to where you're fishing now? Oh, man. (laughs) I don't think anyone can predict what's going to happen. But I hope it's really good yellowtail fishing for now up until August, which it was last year, the year before that, and the year before that, I'm sure, ever since the Indians were catching fish on canoes. I'm sure they were catching fish through those times. Um, But, you know, if we get tuna... Um, or mahi close enough, we'll go after them on kayaks. 
we're all hoping for the Dorado wow. to come in like <laughs> the big El Nino decades ago. Well, we had a great season last season, Kevin. Were you lucky uh, enough to get any of those exotics? Because we were talking to people that were getting not only Dorado, but even yellowfin tuna on on uh, kelp beds that or floating kelps that were within sight of uh, Point Loma and La Jolla. You know, we tried a couple of times. Um, one quick story, we were out there, we decided to pedal from um, the La Jolla launch, and, and with under without a sail, we pedaled all the way out to the Nine Mile Bank. Um, we saw a school of bluefin blue constantly blowing up, but they were always out of our reach. They were chasing something. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and, and who knows, maybe uh, this coming year we'll just host a whole slew of pelagics right in the middle of La Jolla, but... Uh, um, no, we didn't get any tuna off the kayak last year, not in La Jolla. Uh, it'd be great to get that this year. I mean, I mean, that would really be a story, I'm sure, that people would just be itching to go. So um, we'd love to take people out if they're biting, if they're close enough. All right, Kevin Akata, the Sea Samurai. Kevin, again, if people would like to schedule a trip with you to learn more about fishing for these fish off the kayak, how to do it properly, a lot of the t- techniques that you use that you weren't able to talk about tonight again the best way to contact you they can look up sea samurai on google or they can go to seasamurai.com and that's s-e-a-s-a-m-u-r-a-i.com uh then my phone number's there they can contact me anytime and uh on facebook too follow me on facebook and also on instagram all right. Kevin Akata of the Sea Samurai, thanks a lot for being with us and cluing us in on this tremendous bite that we have just right off our coast. I appreciate you taking some of the time to get off the water early for us and to share uh, your experiences. Thanks a lot, Kevin. No problem. Anytime. All right. Hey, this is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Wendy Toshihara is here tonight. So Stan Vandenberg. We have Paul Leibowitz. We've got George Martinez. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Tommy Gomes is going to be with us later on. But coming up next, what the heck is Phil thinking? So stay tuned. More Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Huh. 
shop. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced anglers, first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BalloonFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. At Southern California, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, we've got the whole gang here. Stan Vandenberg's here. Wendy Toshihara is also here. Paul Leibowitz is with us. George Martinez, I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Tommy Gomes will be joining us later on in the second hour of the show. But right now, it's time for the regular segment with the voice and the host of PFO Radio with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to Ron Real Radio. John, Wendy, Stan, so great to be with you. How's everything? Oh, we are doing great. And uh, I think the uh, the guys can hear you, too, on the other end over there, Phil. Uh, all right, well, good stuff. I'm hoping I, I hear a little feedback or something going on. Are you hearing that? Yeah, we uh, we cannot hear that, but you're coming through, at least from this end, loud and clear. So uh, all right, have around. at it. What's that, uh, All right, well, let me tell you, John, I mean, there has been some insane fishing going on here lately. Before I get into that, however, I want to tell you, that I went down to Mexicali, and I want to give a shout-out to Guillermo Vincentello, who is just about as nice a guy as you could ever want to meet, wheelchair-bound, but he goes out every day and knocks on doors, John, and he 
does his best to provide for his family. And they welcome you. Oh, Phil, are we losing you? I think we're, we're, we've lost the echo in the box, but we lost Phil. We lost Phil. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hey, uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting for Phil, hey, Stan, I know you had a chance to go out fishing. Real quick, uh, Jr. let's see if we can recontact Phil. Stan, what were you doing uh, this weekend? Well, at Wombat says their tournaments here. Uh, we've got ten of them this year that we can go to. <laughs> we had one locally up here uh, at Casita. Been on the water down there, out there for about no. Okay, Stan's back. Weeks. I mean, Phil's back. Okay. And uh, it was tough fishing with uh, all of the spawn kind of halfway. It's still not over. There's fish moved up, and it'll probably continue for at least another month. But the shad came up in huge numbers. I mean, there was one pocket that was probably 200 feet deep in just shad at the back end and about 40 yards uh, across at one spot. So fishing got a little tougher. I ended up doing okay. I had to fish uh, alone. My partner, Mike, had to take a boat down to Ensenada or something, fix it. He runs the yacht. And I needed in that as I gooned in the last, the last half hour. Uh, I found one of those big tanker females and got her to eat. But between the wind blowing and me drifting and trying to get the net and move it off the rocks with a troll motor and then her running the other direction, at the end of the net, she decided to roll and just oh. unbuttoned. So that's the way fishing is because sometimes the fish has got to win. I understand that. And, uh Stan, I, I appreciate that. We'll talk more about uh, your adventures, but we've been able to recontact Phil Friedman with his report. Phil, are you with us? John, I'm with you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you okay. Just keep on talking. <laughs> okay, I will do that. Hey, listen, I wanted to send my very best down to Guillermo Vincentello in Mexico. He listens to your show, by the way. And I just wanted to thank him for having me into his home. He's wheelchair-bound, John. He, he is such a great guy. He goes out and works for his family every single day. He had me into his home, and he's a big fan of Aventura Salt, I believe. So I wanted to send out thanks to him. And also Patrick Basler. I was just talking to him. He said to say hi to you. Oh. Let me get into what is going on, because fishing is still crazy. Crazy good fishing. San Clemente Island, we have to start there, where there have been scores. Well, the Freedom yesterday had nearly 200 yellowtails. And the boats that were there today in the 50 to 70, 80 range on the yellowtail, the fortune on a two-day trip, 100 plus on the yellows. And no one's even talking about the limit bass fishing going on at San Clemente Island. It is that good over there. They're fighting mostly bait, sardine and mackerel, but the iron can also come in very, very handy, a blue and white yo-yo iron and even a surface iron fighting pretty good. I just talked to John Woodrum at Catalina Island on the pursuit. And the yellows are cooperating over there. Also, John, pretty good fishing going on on the fork over there. That's smaller fish for the most part. The San Clemente Island yellows eat 12 pounds. The fish Catalina can be a little smaller than that. And then you've got some fish that will get up to the 20-pound class. It's kind of mixed, but overall, Catalina has smaller fish. But better fishing than cat today, and that also looking very good. And locally, the Native Sun and the Enterprise finding some big yellows, not a ton of them. But some yellowtail, a little bit of barracuda, and Benita moving in, good local fishing today. Really showing some promise, and those yellows have been out of the local picture for a little while. They're back in it again and looking pretty darn active 
here today. Iron fish, yes, yo-yo iron, and also some bait fish with uh, sardines coming in very, very handy. And there is a little bit of live squid around town. Most guys don't want people to know that that squid is being made out there in your subtle rock at Santa Barbara Island. That's where the squid is right now. And it's a pretty good jag of it there. And some of the boats have been able to go over there and make live squid. So that could change this whole dynamic really, really soon. Channel Islands continued wonderful rock fishing going on there. It is tremendous, John. It just keeps going on and on and on. Lots of lakes and great bottom fishing. And I just thought to Joe's of Zaragoza down in Ensenada. Huge schools of bluefin tuna off of Ensenada, which are off limits, prohibited right now. Can't take bluefin tuna in Mexican waters. But he had a bunch of yellows that looking very, very good. Things in general really heating up and looking fantastic. And we're just hoping this is going to continue. Hey, uh, uh, Phil, I, let me ask you a question because uh, I, I heard this uh, posed to uh, one of the other radio shows here, and uh, they weren't quite sure about it. If you are fishing uh, on a Mexican uh, registered vessel going out of a Mexican port and you catch bluefin, can you at least catch any bluefin or keep any bluefin? Absolutely not. That is my understanding from Conopasca down there, as well as our local guys here in Ensenada. You may not, and that's why um, some of the Ensenada-based guys, some of the Mexican-based guys are up in arms about this also, because it's going to have an adverse effect on their business. I've heard nothing but complaints from those guys, and in fact, some of the guys from Conopasca were out on the Game Fisher Ensenada here two days ago, and I talked to Mike, who ran the trip, and he reiterated exactly that. In fact, Mike said they were talking, and this is completely off the record, so this is not Edson Concrete, but those guys were talking about a two-year moratorium that we certainly hope is not going to take place. And I hesitate to mention that because I don't want somebody to grab what we're saying here, John. In fact, it is not. It was a conversation taking place on board. Uh, is rigged, but uh, for now, you absolutely cannot. I know a lot of people are working behind the scenes to try to make sure that we get a shot at some bluefin in Mexican waters, but as of now, no one can take those fish. Now, Stan or uh, Phil, let me pose this question to you. With regards to the taking of bluefin tuna in U.S. waters, I believe we're at, are we still at five or ten each? Which is it until uh, a certain date? Stan, do you, do you have any info on that? Sorry about that. I think it's. I think I was looking at trying to find it real quick. I was looking on my my uh, uh, phone because somebody asked me that question. I think it's five a day. Five a day. But um, and I think it's ten. And and I may be wrong on that. And I I had that conversation with Don Ashley, who's known to fill back a few in the in the evening. So he may have doubled the count on it. But Donnie said it was ten. But That's it will... what I was kind of stalling for because I figured, well, I know that they've changed things around in the last couple of years, uh, especially with the Mexican government not letting us go back down there to catch any fish until they get their fair share. And even at that, they say, yes, sometimes you can't go back. But fortunately, we've had bluefin on the U.S. water side of things, and it's been okay. All right. And there is, there is a time when that's going to change, though, uh, Phil, uh, there was some talk about July 1st uh, that it would go from whatever the limit is now to just uh, two. Yeah, there's going to be a change, and that is the number that I have heard, John. It should 
speed going in too, and it may even happen sooner than that, but I know that some of the sport fishing guys voluntarily ask to reduce that either 5 or 10, whatever it is, down, uh, and the, the, the Department of Fish and Wildlife has yet to act on that, but it is headed probably to two here very, very soon in the next few months, I would say. All right. And, uh, Phil, how about the rock fishing? I know I've had uh, individuals coming into the shop here, and they've had some tremendous rock fishing. In fact, one of the guys came in and bought 22 of our dancing squid because he said he sent one down, and he had the biggest uh, uh, cow cod he ever had. And the skipper looked at him and go, nope, you can't keep that. So he sent another one of the dancing squid down again, and with the... Uh, and also, the cow cod was released on one of the rock lease descending devices. And he had another fish, thought it was a yellowtail, and it turned out to be uh, a five to six pound vermilion, which he could keep. But what have you heard about the, uh, the bottom fishing up in your area there? John, it is really, really good. I mean, it is as good as you could ever imagine. With some big reds like on the half day boats out of Long Beach, San Pedro. And, of course, up in the Channel Islands, both like the Pacific Islander, just continue to crank big numbers of bottom fish, nice big quality stuff along with link dot. I mean, you know, big chuckleheads, and as you mentioned, vermilions, nice big reds, and just a bunch of big bokashi. It really is great. And, and, and just about everywhere I look, down there out of Oceanside, I know the sea track's been doing really, really great. And then up out of uh, Newport, again, Long Beach, San Pedro, Redondo, Marina del Rey, and right on up to the Channel Islands. It's great fishing right now. Well, now, Phil, I also have to ask you, next week, one of the biggest dockside shows that we're going to see during the course of the year, the Day at the Docks. It's happening April 19th just uh, in front of the sports fishing landings off of Scott Street. I know Ron Real Radio is going to be there. Wendy, I know I, you're going to be there, too. Uh, we're going to be co-hosting that. But, Phil, you going to be there also? We're going to be there. Actually, I'm going to be down in Ensenada at the Hotel Corral and Marina Thursday through early Sunday morning and then coming up for a day at the dock. And we'll definitely be there. And, of course, one of the highlights of the show for me is seeing you, John Cassidy, and always a pleasure to see you and all the rest of the folks. And you're right. It is a big, huge celebration of sport fishing. You get to walk on board the boat, ask the captains questions. You know, it's perfect for someone who's never done this before to come down to the landing and see what kind of accommodations you actually get and see these professional, super professional crews that we have in San Diego, probably the best anywhere on the planet. I'm always amazed when I make a trip out of San Diego about the professionalism, customer service, and then you throw in some darn good business, and you've got it. So stay at the docks to celebrate all of that and more, and I am looking forward to it. All right. Now, Phil, uh, if uh, we want more information on what's happening with Phil Freeman Outdoors, any of the broadcasts that you have for your Spanish-speaking listeners or just – your blog on what's happening uh, in the sports fishing industry, how's the best way to get a hold of you for that information? John, thank you so very much. It's really easy. It's www.pfomedia.com or go to PFO on Facebook. And if you're uh, Spanish-speaking or you have a Spanish-speaking friend, it's Aventuras 
alaridelibre.com or Avascudas Alaridelibre on Facebook. And you can get all caught up. And we're doing 4 o'clock in the afternoon updates every single day where we round up all the best fights and present it on the soundbite or on La Mordida. Just speak Spanish. So that's the easiest way to do it, John. All right, Phil. We look forward to seeing you at day at the docks. If we don't speak to you during the course of the week, you have a very successful weekend. We'll be with you again next Sunday. John, Wendy, Santa, of course, all the listeners, have a wonderful finish to your Sunday. All right. That is the voice, Phil Friedman, with an up-to-date report what's happening out of L.A. and Orange County. So uh, thanks a lot, Phil, for your time. Hey, the whole gang's here. Stan Vandenberg, Winnie Toshahara. we got Paul Leibowitz. we got George Martinez. Tommy Gomes has just stepped in the door. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. There's more Rod and Reel Radio to come. Got to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, needless to say, uh, no more Hawaiian Island Fishing Report. Captain McDiamond has not only retired, but he's moving here to San Diego, and he's going to be cruising up and down the Baja Peninsula. So, Captain uh, James is ready. We uh, uh, will right now, we'll have to do without the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report for the time being. So what that means is we get to listen to a little bit more of the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. I want to let you know the California Inshore Report is brought to you by the Rockleys. Barotrauma Descending System. So, uh, Captain James, welcome to the show. And what's the fishing like been in the past week? Oh, John, I'll tell you the fishing. It, it's great. This is, this is the time of year I love because I love telling people that get out there, go. There's fish everywhere. Well, you know, well, I know 
that a lot of the times, especially when you have the families in, they feel a little hesitant about going outside the bay, and you've got a lot of great fishing inside the bay you can do. But yeah, tell us how it's been working both inside and outside of the bay. Well, and you know, the outside of the bay right now is still a little early for some of the pelagics locally, but if you don't mind running, there's plenty of them to be found. Uh, islands, we're getting a few on kelp patties out there. Um, as far as local kelp, the bass are biting like you would believe, and then there's always the rockfish. We're out there catching ling cod right now. Uh, people are just not even trying them; they're ignoring them, and you can eat down there, and they'll eat it. Wow! And you can't can you, you can't keep ling cod this time of the year, can you not? You sure can, and I, I highly suggest if you if you like a nice clean white meat, that you can't beat it. Doesn't um, wrong with catch the release. But if you're going to take some home and eat it, boy, you can't beat that thing, God. You know, with all the stuff happening on the inside of the, the bay, I know you like uh, uh, using uh, different types of live bait or formerly live bait. But when it comes to plastics, how do you ever decide with all the colors of plastics that are out there, Captain James, what plastics to fish with? Well, John, that's a great question. I try to keep it simple. Um, just to, to let you know, I'm getting a little echo on my line. All right. You're coming through okay. loud and clear. Okay, great. Um, so so if, you, if you notice I, I may be stammering or slowing down, I'm trying to wait for the echo to catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you're uh, announcing uh, at uh, Petco Park, okay? <laughs> I know. It sounds great. Like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I really sound, it would sound great if you heard what I heard, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, ADD for you Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, plastics go, it's that simple. You don't tell them all over the place on the answer. That's how simple the answer is. There's so many colors out there. Uh, I I like to look at two things when it comes to colors. Either what's going to be kind of a natural earth tone, something that just looks like it's alive, just laying there. Uh, green pumpkin is a fine example. It just looks like a crab or a frog laying there. Or I go for something totally the opposite spectrum. I mean, there's there's old timers in the band that tell you if it ain't chartreuse, there ain't no use. There's nothing wrong with that philosophy because I'll tell you, bright chartreuse, bright pink even, just something just really gaudy is is just as good as something earth tone. As far as all the stuff in between, throw it. But that's what I look for. And you know that, John, when you see me coming out there and I'm taking. Stuff out of the bulk bins, put them in bags. I'm either bringing up like a green pumpkin or something, maybe even like a, a brown bag, or I have chartreuse, something with chartreuse in it. So that's that's how I look at it. Now, you, we find artificials uh, work well on the bay bass, the halibut, the sculpin, but when it comes to some of the other species that you're fishing with, like I know the kids love to catch the sharks, the bat rays. When using plastics, it's almost more of an incidental catch with them, and that's when you sometimes uh, go to other baits. Yeah, exactly. If we're targeting sharks, if we're targeting uh, whether it's, I call them bay monsters, because sharks and rays, they all fall in that same category in our bay. It's just creatures that you really wouldn't want to go swimming with, but they're fun to catch. <laughs> For sure. Well, you know, judge, judging by the pictures I see on Facebook, Captain James, uh, especially when you're taking families out, to see one of those young kids with a 60-inch leopard shark on the bow of your boat and the smile on their face, you're giving them a thrill that uh, they may never be able to replace again. 
you know, I do my best. You know, <laughs> it's nice when the fish cooperate and and yeah, like you said, you'll get them on the plastic to sometimes more as a a lucky bycatch. But if you really want to target them, nothing beats meat. And there's, you know, people ask me all the time, well, what's the best thing to throw? What, what what's the best meat? Really, anything. Uh, you know, I haven't tried a hot dog, but I wouldn't doubt it works. But uh, squid, sardine, mackerel—it doesn't matter. Uh, you want it to be rich in aroma, but you don't want it to be rotten. I mean, so you know, if you got something that's rotten in the backyard, or you know, something in your garage that's stinky, I wouldn't throw that. It, it, they're not nice like catfish. It's not catfishing, that's for sure. Hey, Cap, yeah, exactly. Hey, Cap James, people want to. Uh, see what your schedule is like, arrange a trip with you to go out for a half day, full day, to bring the kids on out, the family out. How's the best way to go about doing this? Well, they can always reach me at the website. I think there's even a link on Rod Real Radio, which is cool because there's a link, plus there's an archive, so if you want to go back and listen to other shows. But uh, you could reach me at thefishicon.com or just give me a phone call, 619 619- All right, Captain James, thanks a lot for spending uh, some of your Sunday with us. Uh, We look forward to talking to you during the week and with you being with us again next weekend. Oh, absolutely. It was a blast, John. You know, it's been a fun day. Robert and I got out there and tested some of those new Cedros jigs. So it was was just all fun all around, and this just kind of topped it off. So that's cool. All right. Captain James, fish icon, uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week, Captain James. You got it. Thanks, John. Bye. All right. Hey, uh, Wendy, uh, we've got, let's spend a little time talking about Day at the Docks. We've got that coming up uh, next Saturday, and I know you're going to be there. You've been to a bunch of them. Stan, you've been to a bunch to them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wendy, uh, what can you say about Day at the Docks? It's an amazing family event. And if, if any of our listeners have never gone, it is place bring people from all over, not only people that are interested in fishing, but it's a fun family filled event, lots of um, booths, lots of things to do, and uh, a lot of charity to help. You know, I think a lot of that goes into. Uh, the, when the family get together down there, all of the vendors come down there for fun. It's not like you've got the Fred Hall show where you're going to be down there for five days in a row and you got to travel all the time. This is kind of more of a just a big get-together. Oh, man, not only is it a big get-together, but it is a family type of get-together. I mean, you can be the most inexperienced fisherman. You can be the most experienced fisherman. You can be a long-range guy. You could be a guy that maybe has been fishing off the pier and you want to try your hand at a half-day boat or a three-quarter day boat. All the boats that are in the fleet are going to be there. It's going to be an open house where you can go on them. You, you know, we, uh, Wendy and I were at the 80th anniversary of uh, H&M Landing. It was aboard the Red Rooster. We had a chance not only to, to hear about the landing on the, the deck of the Red Rooster, but we had a chance to go into the salon, go below to see... Uh, uh, the suites that they have, and I've got to tell you, the boats that are going out of the San Diego fleet, they are floating hotels. They're just great. And, Stan, you know that, too. Well, you know, that's why we do this, too. It's a lot of fun, and you can spend a lot of money. You go to a lot of places in Mexico and stay in a hotel, but you don't get treated like this. I mean, you've got a uh, 
two chefs on the boat. Your meals are included in the, the trip you're on. There's all kinds of snacks and all kinds of fun, plus you get to hotel plus to get fishing. And well, not only was that, if you don't fish, you can actually go on the boat. So go look at the boat. You're going to go bell watching on. You can go buy a kayak. Right. True. Hey, and, you know, we have Tommy Gomes with us. Tommy, you've been to a few of these Day at the Docks. Uh, give us your impression of the Day at the Docks. Oh, yeah, it's just an absolutely wonderful time. You know, it's a family event. The kids are down there. Uh, we got chefs cooking on the sport boat, showing you how to taste, uh, cook up your tasty catch of the day. There's the dunk tank that's been there forever and ever. It's just a, a great day on the water, and the best part is that it's free. And it introduces people that are not quite sure about sport fishing and if it's for them. And, and don't forget about the boat rides. You can go for boat rides for a couple of bucks. You can go out to the bait receivers and see the, the seals and all of that. So it's really, really a great day and, and to kick off San Diego's sport fishing season. Not only that, there's a lot of vendors there from in the industry to show you some of the latest that's happening. And there's also a lot of people there with gently used merchandise that if you can't get into uh, – a brand new reel, you probably can find something to get into and bring the family for sure because there's things for the kids to do. There's art contests. There's casting contests. At the the, uh, the foot of the piers of all three of the landings, they, they can go fishing. Tommy mentioned the dunk the captain tank. And this is where your favorite skipper gets into a dunk tank and for a contribution to Friends of Rolla, you could take a swing and try and dunk your favorite uh, uh, skipper. Or, or your not-so-favorite yeah. skipper. <laughs> that, that actually turns out to be more popular than anything else. They should do it with a couple of the deckhands, too. Yeah, and please come hungry because there's all kinds of food vendors over there. Now, a lot of you might be worried about parking when it comes over there, especially with some of the construction. If you get there after the start time, which is about 9 o'clock, all you do is you go down to the parking landing in front of the Shelter Island launch ramp and all that area in Shelter Island. There's going to be double-decker buses over there to pick you up and take you to the event. Or there is a walkway now that goes directly from the, uh, uh, the parks there at the Shelter Island launch ramp area, and you can actually walk to the event if you feel like a a great day to go out there and stretch your legs. The buses start, I think, at 8.30. They end at about 6 o'clock. So, you know, come early and stay late because there's loads of things to do. Seminars, live music, and then also three great raffles. And Vic Gamboa has gone out of his way to pick up a, a lot of great prizes and, and gifts and everything for the three great raffles that they have where the proceeds benefit the Burn Institute of San Diego. So there's great philanthropy over there. There's food. There's game. There's information. There's fun. Take the kids. They can run on the Harbor uh, Police Fire uh, boat. I mean, have I missed anything, Tommy? Uh, no, I think I, I think I, you got it. I think I'm just scratching the surface. There's a lot to do. So that's the day at the docks. It's down here in San Diego in front of H&M, Fisherman's, Lee Palm Sports Fishing, Point Loma Sports Fishing, right off of Scott Street. Make sure you come early, plan your day, get yourself a, uh, um, a program. There'll probably be one in this week's issue of Western Outdoor News, or pick one up wherever you can. You can go to uh, sportsfishing.org, get the schedule, because what you're going to want to do is plan your schedule when you get there. With the seminars, 
you're going to want to see and hear specific guys giving specific seminars, and gals for that matter. There's going to be a lot of cooking demonstrations. Those will be listed. They're normally in the galleys of the boats, so you'll want to go do that. You're going to want to take this full day of fun, entertainment, and information and take care of it. So that's the 2015, it's the 40, the 34th edition of Day at the Dock. So you know it's been a successful program. Come on down, come early, stay late, and have yourself a great time. And, Wendy, I know you've done that too. And, hey, you and I are going to be the MCs of that event. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a, a great, great event, a lot of fun, creates a lot of good, good money for all organizations that help our community. All right. Hey, JR, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, ask that we break early. Hope you're listening and you can uh, uh, get, uh, you know, get us out a couple of minutes early here because what I want to do is I want to start the next segment with Paul Leibowitz, George Martinez, Tommy Gomes is here. They're going to be talking about not only love, tragedy, but also the ultimate gift of love. We'll find out all about it. It's coming up next at 6 o'clock on Rod and Reel Radio. You're listening to us on AM540 or rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. A lot more to come. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. 
There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, remember nobody, nobody beats El Cajon, El Cajon Ford. Ford. I'm your host, Hop Long, John Cassidy. And before we get to our guest tonight, we want to congratulate some of the elite fishermen like Dean Rojas and Byron Velvick for fishing in this year's Mountain Dew Bass Elite Tournament at Lake Gunnersville. It was a great event. Mike Iconelli was leading it for the first two days, but on the last day, coming in with 25.5 pounds of fish, West Coast fisherman Skeet Reese took the... The kudos for the Mountain Dew Bass Elite Tournament. Coming in second, Byron Velvick, our good friend, uh, Dean Rojas, was 11th. Some of the other guys that came in that we know, Brent Eller came in uh, ninth. So the West Coast guys did a good job, and congratulations to all that fished the Elite Tournament. Hey, this is uh, something I've been looking forward to, to do for doing a long time. We've got a story. Yeah, it's fishermen. But it's more than that. It goes deeper than that. We've got a kayak fisherman, a fisherman, and a fishmonger. And it seems like all the planets align to really take and show an act of love in the fishing community. And I'm going to start this all off with Mr. Paul Leibowitz. He's going to take the ball from here, start the story, and then George Martinez and Tommy Gomes will fill in as we go along. So, Paul, welcome to the show, and thank you for being with us. I know... This is tough for you. It's the first time that we've really all been together to discuss this, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk to our uh, audience. So take it away, Paul. Well, it's always a privilege to talk about my son, James. Am I going out? Okay. On, on Saturday, January the 3rd, I dropped my son off for his second quarter at Cal Poly Pomona University which was a celebration for me because when that kid was younger, we were told due to his special needs, he might never live independently. And there he was living at the dorms. And then about a week later, 2.30 in the morning, uh, an evil time, my wife and I were awakened by pounding on the door. It was the police telling us that something had happened to our son. Ultimately, he had collapsed in his dorm room without warning. He suffered a cerebral hemorrhage. He was gone almost immediately. Um, massive brain damage. We drove up there, very desperate drive, two hours on the road in the fog, and arrived to find him. James looked like he was sleeping peacefully, but when they opened his eyes, we could see 
you know, there he was gone. And the surgeon, the neurosurgeon, said to us very early on, because they knew he would only linger for maybe a day, that as hard as it was, we should consider donating James' organs. And although James was an autistic kid, he was always a very kind, caring person. And he didn't get to make the choice himself at the time, but I know he would have uh, done anything he could to help other people. So it was really no choice at all. My wife and I decided to um, donate his organs and tissues. And as soon as they put him in the ICU, which just happened to be in a room with a window where I had a little bit of cell phone coverage, I put the word out asking if anybody in my large network, um, you know, I'm in the media, so lots of Facebook friends, knew anybody who was on a, a organ transfer list. And I'm glad I did that because it didn't take too long to get an answer. All right. Uh, this is, I guess, uh, a time when Tommy Gomes came in. And Tommy, tell us a little bit about how you found out what had happened with James and what action you took after that. Uh, you know, there's times in, in your life when you see something that you never forget. And, and uh, the words were, um, we have lost our beloved James. And it continued on from there. And the post um, was was about the passing of uh, our, our friend James. And my buddy George happened to be on the list. And, and George is... Uh, partly responsible for changing my life around and getting me back on track. And all I did was tag George on Facebook. And Facebook, uh, there's a lot of drama and a lot of weird things that go on on Facebook. But this was truly uh, an act that was definitely out of our hands all the way around. And George, uh, tell us now, if you will, a little bit about what brought you to this particular point in time, the road that you took to get there. Well, it all started, uh, I want to say, about seven, eight years ago when I went to do a physical and I was told there was a problem with my kidneys. And after some research, they found out my kidneys were dying uh, due to a prior lifestyle and uh, excess ibuprofen. I had an accident, and instead of taking uh, pain medication, I took ibuprofen. And that basically killed my, uh, my kidney. One morning, I wasn't feeling well. Uh, I got a call from a doctor saying, check into the ER. I woke up in a dialysis machine. So uh, I went through dialysis for, I want to say, about four years at this, this point, almost four years. Now, uh, I was, uh, I know Tommy for a while, and uh, Tommy kind of converted me into a fisherman. And uh, uh, Randy Ledoux also, who's a good friend of mine and knows Paul, uh, I got a call from Randy. I got a, a, a call from Tommy telling me what they were doing, talking to Paul about me. So Paul gave me a call. Uh, one evening and talked to me for a little bit uh, about his son and he told me I think my son James would like somebody like you to you know to be a recipient now I knew that the, the numbers were against me that according to the clinic they said it's one in a hundred thousand that there would be a match so we said good night and we hung up the phone the next morning at about eight o'clock 
sorry if I get emotional about that part. About 8 o'clock in the morning, I get a call from my kidney uh, coordinator and tell me we have a perfect match for you. Wow. Now, Paul, let's go back to you because, you know, you weren't on your own just doing this, uh, trying to figure out what tissues that uh, uh, James could donate to what people. There was another organization that was involved in that, and I think it was the uh, called the Circle of Friends that helped you out a little bit. Tell us about uh, them. Okay, so every every region has its own organ donation organization or agency. Up in Pomona, it's One Legacy. And One Legacy, when they sat down with my wife and I, the first thing I asked them, because, of course, the well-being of my son was first and foremost, and I, I asked them, are you going to treat my son with respect and dignity to the end? And the, the re representative looked me in the eye and, without flinching, said, yes, we're going to treat him like he's ours, like he's family. And they lived up to that. And one of the things they told me is when, when there's an organ donation or possibility of organ donation, Donor families have the option of doing something called a directed donation, and that's what this was, and that's why I put the call out. Because I thought if we could help somebody, if James could help somebody, we know, even a friend of a friend, that would be wonderful. And he would help other people as well. Um, and so we came, when that call went out on, on Facebook, we got about, seven candidates, including uh, a wife of one of my Gulf War Army buddies who we didn't even know she was sick. And ultimately, George was the only match. Uh, something else that's important is One Legacy not only took great care of my son, James, they took great care of my wife, Susan, and I because, I mean, you got to keep in mind, this is a very, very sad, difficult time, and they made sure to get us as much support as they can to, um, you know, sustain us through that. All right. Now, George, uh, you got a call that there was a potential match for you. Tell us a little bit about what happened after that and uh, how you got involved and how you finally got this transplant that you needed really desperately. Well, I'll be the first one to tell you, John, that I got the call at 8 o'clock in the morning when they said we have a perfect match for you, not a potential. They said we have a match for you. All I heard after that was noise because I just started crying. I never thought I'd heard those words. It had been almost four years. I was at the end of my rope. Uh, I was doing dialysis eight hours a night for three nights a week from the 6 in the evening to 3 in the morning, then getting up to go to work, and I was taking a beating. So when that happened, then the nurse started laughing. She goes, I know. It takes a while to process. I need you to come in, get some paperwork so you can go to work, do your HR thing, do a physical, and we figure out from there. John, this was a, the 13th that uh, you gave me the call. Uh, the 15th, I passed a physical, and the 16th, Friday the 16th, January the 16th, I got a call saying, you got an hour to report. We're flying the kidney. In, in, uh, in an hour, we need, we need to get there. By 5 o'clock in the evening, I was in surgery, and by 8 o'clock, I was out uh, in my room recuperating. Now, Paul, uh, 
We all have hard decisions to make in life, but this had to be absolutely the biggest burden that a uh, man and a woman could face with their child. Uh, uh, tell me, uh, was it hard to let go, or were you kind of uh, given a little bit of, uh, uh, what can I say, encouragement by knowing that there was a passing, but there was going to be a new beginning for so many people? I think in the in the moment, you don't really think of it that way. You just have to react. It's like any other crisis situation. Uh, you know, this wasn't a question of us uh, sacrificing our James. James was gone. I mean, it was it was obvious he was gone. I see this as as two separate things. My 18-year-old son tragically died, but he he died in a way where. He was otherwise in perfect health, well, uh, strong heart, you know, clean lungs. This was a, a kid who never did any drugs, drank any alcohol. He maybe hammered the, the soda pop a little bit once in a while, but he was in fantastic physical shape. And he, he could save lives. He could literally save lives. And people, other people, other families, their friends, their entire circles around them, they wouldn't have to bear the same pain of loss that we would. How could we have said no? Again, it was not a decision to be made about that. My son would have wanted to help other people, and we know he saved five lives, and he will ultimately have improved the lives of about 60 people through tissues like arteries. He gave two people he, the gift of sight. It's just amazing the gifts that my son gave in his passing. And so he's gone and, and we miss him every second of every day. But we know he's a hero. Yeah, George? Uh, let me interrupt here. He, is, he was in such a physical condition. The doctor told me this is the last kidney that I'll ever need if I take care of it. And that when I'm done with this kidney, I can pass it on. That kidney, Clark said, he never seen such a pristine kidney. George, in your case, a lot of times when uh, people receive organs, obviously there's a chance of rejection, but you had a perfect match there. But since your operation, tell us a little bit about what's been happening to you. Well, uh, the key to to uh, to it, not only was it a, a, a healthy kidney, I learned many years ago through my own recovery, that following directions is the best thing to do. So by following the doctor's direction and by my commitment to James and to his family to make this kidney worthwhile, to be in a service to others, I want this kidney to work. So, and I've just followed directions, and I've gone to the doctor, taken my pills. Right now I'm in a regimen of 42 pills a day. It's not going to be forever, but it's part of it. And, 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 uh, now I volunteer my time with, uh, I want to talk about Donate Life real quick. Uh, there's a website for people to log in as uh, organ donators. Don't trust the pink dot in your driver's license. 90% of the time your driver's license will not make it to the hospital in time for your body to be saved for, uh, for organs. So if you go into www.donatelifecalifornia.org, slant James, you can uh, donate uh, your organs on behalf of James, our hero, I decide to call James my angel, and every day, that's the way I, I want. Well, that I think about him. Now, 
Paul and George, you you had this relationship but had never met. And Tommy, you were actually involved with the first time these two fellows got together. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, man, that was... Uh that was uh, definitely a moment. Uh, George came in to get something just to say hello, and, and uh, it was our first visit out of the hospital. And so I went over and I cooked him up a piece of fish that was just plain and simple, no no spices or anything like that. And I said, I'll be right back. And as I went around the corner, uh, Paul and Susan were walking up the stairs, and, and it was just overwhelming. And I stopped them, and, you know, for the first time, I mean, Every, you know me pretty well, John. It was the first time in my life I didn't have anything to say, and uh, and and I said um, George is here, and Paul looked at me and I said George the recipient, and Paul said well we need to meet him, and we he walked in and and it happened right there on the floor at Catalina Offshore Products uh, with customers and everything, and it was a moment that would definitely uh, of a higher power and well out of our hands when that moment uh, came. You know, Paul and George, you know, we just have a couple of minutes in the segment, but, you know, tell us a little bit about the, the first time you had a chance to meet each other. Was was there something, a special bond, or was there something that happened that made you guys feel a kinship? I think uh, we the special bond created over the phone and over a couple of uh, Facebook uh, messages we had, but that moment happened for me at the real time because I believe that if me, uh, Paul, and Susan had a plan to meet in a coffee house for the first time or sat down and talked, the nerves that we would have gone through before that meeting would have been overwhelming. So the fact that we met the way we met was so much easier. We walked, we hugged each other, and we smiled and we cried. And, and, I, and, and the bond with me and the Lovewood family will be there forever. Paul? It was definitely a, a shock, surprise, surreal moment to walk in the door to talk to Tommy, and there is George Martinez. Uh, you know, he'd just gotten out of the hospital. We didn't want to be a bother to him, uh, so we decided we were going to keep our distance and and let George contact us, and there we were. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break right now. So, uh, Jr., if you, if, uh, you can uh, get us going into the break, we've got Paul Leibovitz here. He is the editor-at-large of Fish Kayak Magazine and an Outdoor Writers Association writer of the year recipient. We've got a uh, fisherman, an all-around good guy, and a fellow that's doing a lot of social work in the community, George Martinez. we got the fishmonger himself, Tommy Gomes, with us. He was part of the story, too. Stan and Wendy are... With us, I'm Hop Along A. Stay tuned. There's still more Rod Reel Radio to come. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be back right after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced anglers, first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport Fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our special Curtis crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, we are in right in the middle of an amazing story on how the fishing community came together with an unconditional act of love that affected not only one, but at least five, and as Paul Levitz has told us, uh, upwards of 60 people in the community by the tremendous gift of tissues that were donated by his son after his passing. Stan and Wendy, uh, uh, it's kind of an unbelievable story. Uh, and I know we're all uh, uh, fathers and mothers. Uh, I, I think all of us out here just feel the empathy on what it would take to do something like this. You know, I think Go ahead, I think it's uh, amazing what uh, you and your wife have done, Paul. Um, I know it's very difficult, but all the lives that you guys saved through James, I just, I just, I'm a loss for words. It's amazing. Yeah. Stan, how about yourself? <laughs> well, one, to, first to have the situation before you is unbelievable. I, I, I can't fathom that to start with. To come up with a situation with you know and, and have the the foresight to say you know I want to 
see if we can make uh, something better happen out of this negative is unbelievably great. And to have the the good fortune of having it affect that many people in, in a positive way, especially, you know, in the fishing world, we, we get lots of different things that happen, but this is pretty cool. <laughs> i got to give you credit. It's a great story. It certainly is. And, and ladies and gentlemen, it just does not end there. You, you almost think it could, and these people would say, okay, this is something that's happened to us. Let's turn the page and get going. But no, Paul and people like Tommy Gomes and George, they're making even more of it. And let's start off with Paul with some of the things that are happening that can benefit people down the road with the passing of uh, James uh, Leibowitz. Well, fishing is a thread that runs inexorably through this and that connects all, all uh, most of us. Tommy, who George had such a... Uh, well... I've heard Tommy say that George saved his life. And Tommy knew my son, James, and we would be out on the bay fishing and come across the Tommy fishing with his, his dad on the Falcon. <laughs> so Tommy knew my son from the time he was probably 9 or 10, and saw him growing up. And another thing that happened... I mean, this all happened in the public eye on Facebook through um, our very large social networks. And I've been editing or, or, or running kite fishing magazines for five years, and I'm a longtime outdoor writer in the past with Western Outdoor News. Uh, so I've had a, a chance to meet a lot of people. And when the community heard what had happened and what my son had done, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, spontaneously, people came together to support us. We early on identified the, the, the cause that we wanted to do, the best way to remember our son, where he was thriving at Cal Poly Pomona, studying computer science, he loved it in the dorms for the first time in his life. It's autistic kids, hard to meet, make friends, right? He had a bunch of friends. Um, so we thought, well, we got to find a way to fund uh, a permanent annual scholarship at Cal Poly Pomona in our son's name. And I had my old friend, Jim Sammons, the company he represents, Jackson Kayak, they made a beautiful custom boat and auctioned it off with an incredible package. This is like a just a monster of a fishing kayak, beautiful boat, 3500 bucks, right? Uh, another group of friends came together and made memorial stickers that they would sell for $6 and a raffle option for another $10. That raised around $6,500. One of the kayaks that was a raffle prize was returned, and now it's on auction, and you can find that. Well, I think we'll, we'll post something about it on the show's Facebook page. You know, one of my wife's coworkers turned his 50th birthday party with 100 people into a fundraiser to benefit 
the scholarship fund. And then we've had Tommy Gomes do this, and just p people who read about it in the Union Tribune or Western Outdoor News have all, um, people I don't even know have, have made donations. So we're getting pretty close to the $50,000. I thought this was going to take me years in by May or June. This is going to be a possibility. And the wonderful thing about this is this, this is another way of paying for love. This is going to benefit a student at Cal Poly Pomona, a new student every year forever in perpetuity. And they will know my son's name. It will keep his name alive at the campus. Um, that's quite a tribute. Now tell us just a little bit about this new auction because it's a way for our listeners and the people that will be reading uh, about this on Facebook, on Ron Real Radio, and I'm sure on uh, a few of the other sites on Facebook. What, how can people get involved in this auction or how can they get involved in donating to uh, Cal Poly uh, Pomona uh, the uh, fund for your son's scholarship? Well, my favorite way is you can find a link at the uh, Donate Life California website. It's www.donatelifecalifornia.org forward slash James, and you'll find all the links. But you can also go straight to Cal Poly Pomona. Um, search for them on the web. There's a way to do direct donations, and you just have to write in the, um, the notes for the James Leibowitz Memorial Scholarship. It's, it's via the Cal Poly Pomona Foundation. What they've done is they've established uh, an account or a, or a separate fund for monies that we raise. And very important, an attorney friend of mine keeps reminding me of this, those donations to Cal Poly Pomona are tax deductible. All right. That's great. I need a little more income you know, to make tax deductible worth its while. But tell us about you had actually one of the kayaks that was awarded in the raffle that the fisherman most generously, instead of taking it, says, well, I'm going to sell it off. He actually donated back to you. Tell us about this prize now that's available. Oh, and this was a choice prize. It's a, a brand-new kayak from Wilderness Systems called the Attack, A-T-A-K. Something like advanced tactical angling kayak. Uh, it's more on the freshwater bass mode. Or stand up. You can walk around the deck. It's got. Uh, you can uh, walk you can, around the yeah, deck of a kayak. Not me, deck. pal. <laughs> <laughs> you can fix it up with a leaning post. It's got a removable sonar console. So CF numbers. <laughs> what is this? A sidewalk? <laughs> 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 anyway, this boat is just just now hitting the market. They're not going to start shipping them until the 20th. This auction ends on the 20th, and we'll make sure to share the uh, link over on the Facebook page because it's an eBay link. It's kind of uh, it's a jumble numbers. Well, James, let me tell you right now, Rod Real Radio is going to give you the first bid for that kayak so that if Stan needs to walk around on a kayak, we got one for him. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start the bidding off at $1,400 for uh, that nice. kayak, and and I hope uh, some other people uh, uh, take the lead and 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 start doing this because uh, it goes to a 
a worthy cause. Now, Tommy, we have a hard time getting you on Sundays because not only is it your only day of the week off almost, but on a lot of the Sundays out of the year, you run an event at Catalina Offshore Products called the Collaboration Kitchen. And you have a special announcement to make about one of the special Collaboration Kitchens coming on up. Yeah, the, the Collaboration Kitchen coming up on April 26th. You can go to Facebook, Collaboration Kitchen. Click on the link there. It'll take you to Brown Paper Tickets. Uh, 100% of the proceeds of this dinner will go to the James Leibowitz Foundation uh, Scholarship Fund for Cal Poly. And as the founder and director or whatever, the head, whatever, I don't even know what I am anymore, uh, <laughs> uh Every year we're going to set aside one of the collaboration kitchens, and this one here is a big one with Chef Sume Yu. She has a TV show. She has multiple cookbooks, and she's cooked at the White House and all kinds of neat things. But uh, every year uh, until I get fired from Catalina, which hopefully is not too soon, we'll, uh, we'll be donating – all the proceeds, 100% to 100% to the foundation. And Tommy, I hope that isn't too soon either, because I know you have a big wedding bill that uh, you are still paying off for. Oh my God! <laughs> tell us, for those people that are not familiar with what the format of the Collaboration Kitchen is, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, basically, what it is is it's a, it's a cooking class where we we uh, we have a, a big name chef up front showing you the recipes, and I have a plethora of culinary students in the back. That was a big word for me, plethora, uh, in the back that are plating and cooking these dishes up, and we serve it to you up front. There's 100 tickets that go on sale for each event, and each event I donate the money to uh, needy children or we buy prosthetics for kids that can't afford it and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Now, that's – what can I tell you? That's extremely – uh, has anyone told David Rudy about this yet? Well, funny thing is, is that six years ago when I wanted to start this, they told me that it would never work, and they gave me five days to do one. So what I did was I called every food writer that I could find and every foodie in this city to, to come in and have this free cooking show, and it took off from there. We've had some – we had uh, Brandon Perry, who's cooked at the White House twice, uh, come in and do it. So everybody wants in. It's a great event. And it, the money stays in San Diego or it goes to a San Diego foundation or a San Diego family. And in this case, uh, to my good friend James. Uh, and, and Tommy, I know this is a, just not part of the, this particular program, but right now you are known as the fishmonger at Catalina Offshore Products. People come in to COP to get the freshest of seafood they can get. What's good on the market right now? No, it's all good. You know, yellowtail's wide open. I mean, if you can't catch a yellowtail right now, you need to go to Idaho and start planting potatoes. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's blue. You can catch bluefin and still see the point. Uh, you can figure out the bearings from there. Um, you know, there's uh, some great grouper coming in from Baja, and, and the water's very warm. It's the sea urchins are kind of weak right now. So, but there's still some great stuff. We have a long line. We have four long line U.S. flag vessels coming in from the high seas. They're fishing 15, 1800 miles off the coast. They're bringing in big Ituna, Wahoo, Mong Chong, uh, all kinds of Opa. Really nice stuff, and it's a clean fishery with minimal bycatch. So it's very cool and exciting what's going on. Right, and I'll be getting get together with you because Catherine Miller has asked me again to do a cooking demonstration on board the Legend and uh, all the products they use. 
for the most part, come from Catalina Offshore Products. So, Tommy, I'm going to have to get together with you and uh, maybe get a hint on a recipe or two or, or some great fresh product that I can be cooking up and serving to the visitors at uh, Day at the Docks. Yeah, show and, you know, it's going to be a great show um, down there at Day at the Docks. But one thing that, that George didn't get out of this whole thing was he didn't get any talent because he still can't fish. Hey, listen, uh, Jr. If you will, uh, let's take a break right now, uh, and uh, we're going to have more about uh, the situation with uh, James Leibowitz, and we'll be talking more to Paul and George and Tommy Gomes, and Stan and Wendy will be chiming in. Uh, we're talking about the ultimate gift of love and how that gift has affected so many loves. So stay tuned. Still more Ron Real Radio to come. You're listening to us on AM 540 or at com. We'll be back after these commercial messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, and we want to welcome you back to our Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. Wendy Toshihara and myself, I think we've all been spellbound by this uh, story of love and communication in the fishing industry with the passing of a young man, James Leibowitz, and how that passing affected the lives of so many other people. And we can we can all associate with the story because there are so many of us that are uh, parents out there, and uh, no parent I know wants to think that uh, their kids will be taken before uh, 
their time comes along. Unfortunately, it does happen. And we're finding out, really, the good that can happen if you just keep a calm head that can really happen out of some of these situations. And that's what we're seeing with the story of James Leibowitz and the Leibowitz family. Now, what I want to do is the recipient of a kidney from James Leibowitz went to our good friend and fisherman here, George Martinez. And, George, we had the story of the road you took up to the time that you got the um, the precious gift from James, your angel as you call him. Tell us where that road's going to take you now afterwards. Oh, well, John, uh, I've committed myself uh, about 13 years ago to a life of uh, service. As most people know, and I don't hide it, I am a recovering alcoholic drug addict. And uh, then used a 12-step program at the Freedom Ranch uh, to get my life together. I went to the ranch 13 years ago and uh, was able to turn around and became a drug and alcohol counselor. And I work in the field, helping other alcoholic and drug addicts try to get it back together. Now, uh, the way I looked at this second chance, this is not my second chance, this is my third or fourth chance. Uh, I believe my higher power has plans for me, and I want to say that that is to be a service. So now I'm working with the Donate Life team to encourage people to sign up for the Donate Life, you know, sign up at the computer. I'm working with the UCSD, the transplant unit, before and after, encouraging uh, patients to have a positive attitude, to follow directions. I'm doing some speaking engagements. I believe the 22nd, I do a Toastmaster speaking engagement. The 16th, there's a graduation class, medical class at UCSD that I do a, a speaking engagement for. And uh, uh, being a service, being a service is, is the key to me. Uh, and like I promised the Lovewood family, the best way I can think of being uh, a service to, to James is by making him proud, by what I see of his family, and thanks to Paul for posting so much information on James. I, I look daily into Facebook to see what new pictures of him or what new stories are, because I I want to know more. Yeah, because when I speak, I speak about James, the, the little that I know about him, uh, and, and I want to encourage people not to give up. That life might take us someplace we don't want to go, but it's up to us to get back up on our feet and do something positive about it. You can, if somebody like me can turn this around. Today, uh, I have the advantage that I work for the Public Defender's Office, uh, San Diego County, as a substance abuse assessor. I get to go to jail now and pick up people that are not criminals per se, but they're uh, doing uh, petty stuff to support a drug habit or a drinking habit. And I get to talk to them, interview and evaluate them, and look for treatment programs. And then I could get them out early to go to these treatment programs and help them out. And I just love my job. And thank God the doctor gave me a clean bill of health, thanks to the, uh, James Kidney. And I get back uh, to work the 27th of this month, God willing. And uh, how about sharpening up on your uh, fishing abilities? Uh, what are you going to do there? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what Tommy thinks. He's okay. got the rest of his okay. life okay. now. <laughs> get in my Facebook page. I got proof there, okay? But anyway. Uh, because of my medical condition, I have not been able to fish because I'm taking so much medication. They don't want me. I can't even eat raw fish. Right yeah, now. it's no always one, one thing or another, huh, George? <laughs> He's always looking for an excuse. Uh, but, uh, and he keeps always inviting me to fish now that he knows that I cannot medically go because 
it's uh, scary for me to get punctured by a fish or something like that because of the medication I'm taking. They're telling me here in about a month I should be clear of that, and then uh, I might go and steal Tommy's boat, go to the bay, and you'll see the pictures back on there. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, I want to add a little bit about the critical need for organ donation in this country. Uh, you know, I've learned that the average wait for a kidney in California is 10 years. The average lifespan on dialysis is seven. So do the math. And a couple other things. Everybody should sign up. I could tell you I saw the process firsthand. They take amazing care of the donors who they treat like heroes because they are. And it doesn't really matter how old you, you are or if you think your medical history would make it impossible for you to be a donor. Sign up anyway. Um, chances are you can help. There have been donors in their 90s. Uh, so just do it. Please go sign up. Go to the... Go to the um, donatelifecalifornia.org forward slash James and, and sign up on the registry. So add up on that, John, real quick. Every 11 minutes, according to the numbers, every 11 minutes a person gets added to the uh, uh, donating, requesting a donation list in California. And uh, if you want more information, there's a lot of myth about, oh, I don't want to go on that list because they're not going to take care of me. That's not so. Go to that website uh, that Paul just told you and all your questions will be answered. You know, and it's amazing to hear the different way that James was able to benefit more people. Not only did he give up his kidneys, but he also gave up his heart, his lungs, his liver. And Paul, as you said, he has uh, also helped people that had vision problems and then also was uh, donated. And you don't think of things like this, but of, of veins and blood vessels, too. Yes, and skin, and it's it's um, really remarkable what one person can do. And and remember that he was gone. He had no more use for his body, but he could save lives, literally save five lives, including giving his heart to a fellow 18-year-old. Wow. Now, George, yes? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, what I wanted to say is that he saved those lives, and I don't know about the other people, but by passing it forward, we can keep the tree of James growing and growing. How many people can benefit from James extending my life because of the job that I do? I don't know what uh, this 18-year-old kid, who knows if he will be our, our next president. You don't know what a difference you can make in a person's life by making a, a, donation, a donation like this. And, and uh, here, here in California, we got the most donators. We got over 11 million people in, uh, in, the pink, in the pink dot list. But because of Californians tend to live longer, they have the least amount of actual donators. Now, Paul, as one of the last acts of love, you had a really um, uh, touching send-off for James when that time finally came to give him the final goodbye. You want to tell us about that? Oh my. Well, there were there were so many different send-offs. I, you know, we got to sit vigil over James while 
that were waiting to um, get all the info for the donations. I'm talking about in the ICU and, and accompany him and, and kiss him goodbye at the doors to the oper operating room. And that was very private, of course. But we also um, put the word out and invited anybody who cared to to paddle out at La Jolla with us. Uh, Tommy helped us with uh, arrange the sport boat that people who didn't want to get wet could go out on. And we had over 100 people out there on a day that started out raining, pouring, and the skies opened uh, up all sunny and the heaven smiled on us um, as we as we returned James to the ocean. Really touching to, to see that happen. And not only that, but all the people that came out to support you and your wife and to say goodbye to James that maybe hadn't known him before this time. That's true, yeah. Although James was around the water quite a bit as a kid. Uh, he kayaked, he, he fished. Um, he really had no choice as my son, you know. Uh, you yeah, know, but because those of are, special needs, this was, and the fact that your work schedule allow, allowed it, you and James were able to form a special bond that you could be with them a lot more than maybe some of the other moms and dads can because of the schedules that they have and give them that special love that helped them get over the top. And you're to be commended on that because what a great act of love that is and of self-sacrifice that a parent gives up a big part of their life so that a young child can know a better life later on. Well, I had a good uh, job in the... It was really in the banking industry, which had me traveling uh, half the time, and I was away from home a lot. And my wife, uh, you know, she she does. A, I'm really proud of my wife Susan. She's she's a go-getter out in the uh, tech field, and um, you know, she uh, she out-earned me. And we discovered one of us could stay home, but it couldn't be her. So I found myself a stay-at-home dad from the time my son was two years old doing, uh, I mean, I, look, I wasn't ready for it at the time, but I was incredibly fortunate to get to spend so much precious time with my son um, daily and, and help him through these problems that he had. I mean, his nerves were overtuned. Every, the world was too intense for him. He had all kinds of problems as as a uh, youngster, but we got him a lot of help from uh, some really good special educators, and we also went to war with the school district a few times um, in order to get the right kind of help for for our autism spectrum kid. And James really did the heavy lifting in the last three years of his life. It was amazing the transformation. I mean, this is a confident, comfortable young man who, if you didn't know that where he'd come from, you would, you might not have picked up on that. He was a little different. For sure. Now, to our listening audience out there and our friends on Facebook that follow us, 
you can still be a part in donating to the scholarship fund that has been set up in James' name at Cal Poly Pomona, and it starts off with uh, Tommy Gomes. Tommy, how can people contribute through what you're doing? Uh, Facebook, Catalina, or Collaboration Kitchen. Tickets are on sale. Get them, and uh, we'll go from there. And Paul Leibovitz, uh the raffle that you're having with the kayak, how people can get involved with that and try to top the bid of Rod and Reel Radio. Well, that's an auction, and we'll make sure the link gets posted on the Rod and Reel Radio Facebook page. It'll be on my Facebook page as well. All right, and George, this is kind of off the topic, but we've talked to a lot of people that may have substance abuse or they have maybe friends or family that need help, maybe need an intervention. What's one of the best ways that you know that they can do the first step they can take to get their friend, family member, whoever, working in the right direction? Uh, the first step that they need to take is admit to themselves that and then communicate with somebody. Now, uh, I'll put my phone number out there because uh, I just love to help people. Uh, my private number, and you can call me myself, and I will direct you from there. 619-820-4582. Again, 619-820-4582. My website, gtm315 at Yahoo. gtm315 at Yahoo. Contact me, and uh, different people have different needs. All right. And, and that's what my job is, uh, to evaluate that. And I will do it uh, just to help people. Paul Leibowitz, thank you for the story of you, your son, and your family, and how they affected the life of so many people out there in a very positive way. We want to thank you for being with us. I know it was a tough story to tell, but I think there's a lot of people out there right now benefiting from it. I love to talk about my son. I encourage anybody who knows me to, to any time ask me about that. And, and I want to say thank you to all the very many generous people who've um, helped us with the scholarship fund. George, I want to thank you. And Tommy Gomes, I want to thank you. And and Wendy and Stan, I know this was not a, a night for us to be doing a lot of talking, but a lot of listening uh, um, seemed to be a, a, a pretty good show to getting this information out. Well, it's one of those things that doesn't happen very often, and uh, I think it's an, a nice thing to be able to present the information to people that have never heard this. All right. Hey, just a couple of other notes. Uh, the Brian Graves uh, Memorial Tournament is coming on up. It's going to be at uh, Lake uh, Hodges coming up next weekend. If you need more information about that event, give uh, Pete Graves, Brian's father, a call. You can get a hold of him at uh, 760-753-6214 or just show up Saturday at Lake Hodges. You can sign up Saturday night or sign up Sunday morning. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. We've gone a little bit over time, but on behalf of JR, also Ben Harvey, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, thanks for listening tonight. We'll have a recorded show next week because Stan, Wendy, and I will be at Day at the Docks. Boy, we got a great list of, of people that we've recorded that are going to be on for us. So until then, we'll see you on the water. Stay safe, everyone. We're out for now. Good fishing. Good night. <laughs>